0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Kyle Clay Richards, and welcome to Underdog Mentality, the sports podcast where we tackle unique topics by looking between the numbers at the human side of the game. And you're probably thinking, oh, great, another sports talk show. What is this dude going to say that I haven't already heard on all the other sports talk shows? I'll just say, well, you know, you have a good point, but you can choose to listen to me or not. (laughs) The reason I even started podcasting in the first place back in 2017 was that I felt like I was annoying my friends by talking about sports all the time. And so I thought I would put my words out on the internet and let random people enjoy that whenever they wanted to, instead of me shoving it down their throat and having them deal with it. So that being said, I have been podcasting since about 2017. I had a show called Abstract Sports Podcast that ran for about 65 episodes. You can find all of my older works on abstractsports.com podcasts. Um, and that show was really great. I got a lot of, you know, gained a lot of traction that way. But then I stopped and I started working on just an all-basketball show because I felt like I was very confident on that topic and I can come up with things all the time to talk about. turns out that wasn't the case. It got really monotonous, really dry, and I kind of lost interest, really. Um, And then I did like a 2018-2019 NBA preview show where I did an episode. Each episode uh, talked about every team in the NBA, you know, one at a time, and looked at their rosters, what they were in the previous year, what they are in this upcoming year, and what I thought they were going to do for that season, if they were going to do well or they were going to do poorly. And that really took it all out of me. It took a lot of energy to get it all, get it all done before the season tipped off. And those episodes actually started to take off. Um, a lot of really good traction on Anchor and all other listening platforms. Um, but I didn't know that until after I'd already stopped working on the podcast. I took about a, a year and a half hiatus, almost two years, I guess, um, and the reason for that was that i had to rebuild the website so my day job is i'm a web designer website builder so i design things but i also know how to code and so i had the website on an older platform that i'm used to but there are newer and better things out there that i wanted to get the website up on and so i started making the switch over to that and in the while that was happening while i was trying to get the new website going I got bombarded with a bunch of guest posts from all over the place, really great writers from all over the country and even out of the country in Canada and, and beyond. And so that was really cool, but it really took away my time from being able to work on the website. And so I finally hit a point right now with COVID-19 going on where social life isn't really a thing anymore. Social distancing is definitely happening. And so I thought what a better time to get the podcast back up and running for you homebodies to waste your time on. Uh, And so Yeah, here we are. We've got underdog mentality coming at you, and we're starting it off with a really great episode. Uh, It just makes sense to talk about the the person that's really inspired me to be the best that I can be from a really young age, uh, since about 10 years old. And so let's tip off this new podcast with an episode dedicated to the late, great inspiration behind it all, Kobe Bryant. Anybody who knows me personally, they know that I am a huge Lakers fan, and Kobe has been an inspiration to me since I was about 10 years old. But I did start out as an MJ fan. I mean, my grandma would buy me posters and different MJ memorabilia. I actually have a really cool collector's plate with Michael Jordan on it. And, you know, watching him play was awesome. He was dominant. Also, he was in Space Jam. Back when I was that little, you know, Space Jam was the best thing ever and the fact that Michael Jordan was in it made it even better. So I was an MJ slash Bulls fan. Um, I didn't really hear much about Kobe until he helped the Lakers win a championship in the year 2000, that first one of the 3 Pete. And at that point, I was 10 years old. And I remember thinking to myself, and he got drafted out of high school? You're, you're telling me if I was good enough, I could possibly be in the NBA in eight years. And so I started following Kobe and the Lakers to see what he was all about. Um, and I just right away noticed that Kobe played with a just a fiery passion motivated to do whatever it took to win um, even though he was so young he was still competing with these grown adults you know at a young age and he had a that killer ability to focus and break down his opponents he was smart and so i started following the Kobe bandwagon i guess you could say because they won the championship it got my attention i started seeing what he was all about And I loved it. And so I became a Lakers fan for life at that time. Uh, And so when people are talking to me and they're asking me about basketball and stuff, they'll be like, like, what's your favorite team? I'm like, Oh, I'm a big Laker fan. And they're like, Oh, you're from LA. Are you from California or something? And I'm like, um, Nope, I'm from here from Idaho. And they're just like, okay, so why are you a fan? And so I guess that's my story of why I'm a fan of Kobe and the Lakers. Um, and the thing when this conversation always comes up, people always try to test whether or not I'm a real fan or not. And they do that by spouting off like, you know, like, okay, well, if you're such a fan, how many MVP trophies does he have? And you know, I'm like, well, I know that. He has one MVP trophy. And they'll just like grill me on certain things and to be honest, I'm not much of a history buff. Like, sure, I'm a I'm a Lakers fan, I'm a Kobe fan, but that doesn't mean I store all that knowledge in my brain like I follow him for other reasons, other than the accomplishments. But, um, and I've been kind of schooled on that a couple of times. Like somebody's like, "Oh, you're not a real fan. You don't even know um, what year he won the MVP and who was the runner-up and all this stuff." And I was like, "I don't care, man. It doesn't make me any less of a fan." And so it's always been interesting being a Lakers fan and uh, kind of dealing with what it you know what it means to be a fan of a really good team that is you know always under the microscope. Every good player, every good team has haters and everything. And so being a fan of that team and that player kind of instantly puts a target on your back when you're supporting them. So I always thought that was kind of interesting. But beyond, you know, following him and 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 you know, kind of watching his career as I grew up, um, I never really had the chance to go to games when I was younger. I mean, I I live about two and a half hours from Salt Lake City, and it just never crossed my mind that you know, it's easy to get to Salt Lake and go to a game. And so I graduated high school, went to college, came back and I'm, you know, I'm from Southeastern Idaho and being an adult and understanding that, that distance, um you know, from here to Salt Lake city is really not that far. And so I really started going to games and trying to watch Kobe in person. It actually took me about, oh my goodness, I think three times of going to Lakers games in Salt Lake before I actually got to see him play in person. Um, Basically, the other times he was either sick or injured or one thing or another. And so the one game that we, me and my brother did get to catch of Kobe playing was his last game in Salt Lake City on his sort of farewell tour. And that was a pretty special time, you know? I mean, I remember when we got to the game, they were giving out like free duffel bags to the first so many people like, saw, you know, Utah Jazz duffel bags, but it's pretty cool, a little door prize, you know. And so we get there, and of course, it's we, everybody knows it's Kobe's last game, and so everybody's in Kobe jerseys, and, you know, me me as well. <laughs> and the Jazz put together that really cool tribute video for him, and then he only played a, a handful of minutes, you know, he he's old, his body won't really let him do the things he wants to do anymore, but he did get in and, and Hit, it, hit two or three of those vintage turn away fades and they were butter all every single time, like nothing but net. And it was just so fulfilling to be able to, you know, go to his very last game in Salt Lake for one, but see him in person and see him do some of the things that he's done throughout his entire career. Um, that was just a really cool moment. And, you know, I, even after he, he, uh, retired and he started getting into, like video production and, and like writing stories and stuff like that and kind of using his basketball journey as a, a vehicle to to teach lessons to young kids who were wanting to be successful at something that they're passionate about. And so he's channeling something that he was passionate about and had to move on from. Um, and, you know, he, he won an Oscar for that animated short called Dear Basketball. And so I think that it was really interesting to see him in his career, you know, somebody who was young going into – into the NBA, kind of an unprecedented time to go on to be so successful, win five championships. And then when you retire, it's like, you know, your livelihood, the thing that you've been doing for your entire life up to that point is kind of gone. It's not like you can just keep playing in the NBA. Your body just won't let you. And so when Kobe tore his Achilles, I think he, he he did a lot of, you know, introspection and sort of thinking about what he's going to do after basketball and come to find out he's a, very creative individual and extremely talented, um, in that way. And that very much shows in his Dear Basketball animated short, as long as, as well as the, the books that he helped write and other videos he helped produce through his, his media company, which I believe is called Granity Studios. And so it's really interesting seeing that because, you know, me, I'm a creator, I'm a designer and I I love like big ideas and, and, uh, you know trying to change the world with my ideas <laughs> um but it was all, it was really cool to see my idol go into a field that i'm familiar with and then also excel at that it just motivated me even more to want to be the best version of myself and what i do and beyond so that you know he's just a massive inspiration to me not only <clears throat> not only just um you know pursuing something you're passionate about and trying to be the best at it that you can um, but also his ability to adapt and, um, but then like being in a creative field, you know, like, I have a lot of respect for that and I had no idea that, he, that that was a side of him. And so it kind of, you know, humanized him just that much more. And so, you know, it's just really, really cool, uh, story to follow. And it's been a, just a real treat, um, uh, the entire time, but, um, you know, obviously recent news, uh, back in January of 2020, He was killed in a helicopter crash and man, that, that really, really flipped my world upside down for a couple of weeks. So on Sunday, January 26th, 2020, um, I was basically sleeping in when I heard the news of Kobe and the accident. Basically I had my, my good friend Micah texted me and he said, you good? And just out of the blue, I'm like, "Um, "Yeah, I'm good. Are you good?" And then he calls me and he goes, "Have you seen the news?" And I was like, "No. What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Go to ESPN right now." And I'm like, "Um, "You're kind of having me worried. I don't know what this could possibly be." He's like, "Just pull it up. You'll know what I'm talking about." So I pull up ESPN while I have him on the phone, and of course. The front page just plastered with all the news of a helicopter crash and Kobe was on board with his daughter and several other family friends that they were they were traveling to a basketball game or something like that. Fog was happening. There was kind of like cloudy conditions and they crashed and everybody aboard died. That was plastered all over ESPN. So as soon as I see that, I just told Micah, I'm like, I got I to gotta go. And I hung up. And I did not know what to think. You know, I think a lot of people are going to, they say the same thing, like just in shock. I didn't believe it. it's so true. Like, you know, I I was just laying there, like just woke up, you know, and this is the news I hear is that my idol is no longer around, you know, and you know, I I have no room to really talk. Obviously he was a, a father, a husband. Um, a family member to a lot of other people and a really good friend to other people. I'm just a fan of his, you know? And so I can't even imagine what his family has gone through and the people that he's closest with, you know, because although he had a profound impact on me becoming who I am today, along with a lot of other people around my age and, um, and just a lot of people globally, you know, he, he was around as a, as a good dad for his daughters and you know, it's just really really, it, I was just in shock for like the next two weeks, you know, like that day, I mean, as you might imagine, I was just I was a mess. I was a wreck. i I didn't want to do anything in the rest of the day. And really, the rest of the week, I was just unmotivated, sad, depressed, you know, just all these things. And I never really thought that I could mourn the death of somebody whom I've never met. But like I said, he had such a profound impact on me, just passively through doing what he loves to do and trying to be the best at it. He sort of instilled that in me as an idol figure that I looked up to growing up, and you know, even going into my adult life. And so, knowing that that person is no longer around to continue inspiring me with new projects and new work and and you know, new things in their life, um, it's it it's really hard to fathom. Like, it's hard to think about what, like, I don't know. I guess the way I I can best put it is I was in shock and I was a mess. And over the, the next couple of weeks after that, I was pretty much just randomly, I'd be, you know, thoughts would be going through my head. Um, and I'd just be watching highlights and clips of Kobe because that's all, that was all over the news. And so that continual, um, you know, bringing up of, of that event really messed me up. And, you know, I've, I guess it still doesn't really feel real to me because you know, although he is gone and he played a massive role in my life, even though he wasn't really trying to, um, his legacy will live on forever. And I'm thankful for that because, you know, him, what he's done for me, he'll never know. And same with a lot of other kids, just inspiring them to be the best that they can be at whatever it is they love to do. I think those are the, the two best things you can have in life is a passion and and a skill for what you love to do, because your life can never be boring if you have those two things paired together. And so, anyways, it's still surreal that he's gone, but it's you know his motivation and inspiration will live on forever because we have the videos, we have the photos, we have the stories, we have the memories, we have all those things to hold on to. And so, Although it is sad, um, life moves on and just got to do what he would do. And that is continue being the best that you can be. One thing that I've found frustrating with Kobe's passing is just the sheer number of quick startup Facebook pages, trying to make a quick buck off of his passing. For example, I mean, the same thing happened with Mac Miller when Mac Miller died. Um, all these different outlets started trying to sell t-shirts and commemorative prints and things like that. And it's like, Oh, rest in peace, Mac Miller. But here we're trying to make some money. And there's like several of these pages, you know, several hundred of these pages trying to make some money because people are wanting to commemorate the person that they looked up to. And so they did that with Mac Miller. And when Kobe passed very shortly after he passed, there are pages already going up saying rest in peace, Mamba. And that's like their, their mantra but they're still pushing a product to try and make a quick buck. And that just really pissed me off. Um, and, you know, for that reason, I don't have an ad going in this episode. It is the first episode anyways. I don't have any ads ready to go. Um, but it just doesn't seem right to try and make money off of something, um, you know, off of somebody's legacy that they left behind via death. You know, it just doesn't seem right at all. And so that's one thing that's really pissed me off. But since his passing, I have done a lot of – um sort of looking back on my favorite memories and watching a lot of highlight films and stuff because, you know, they, they've been sharing a lot of that stuff since he passed to, to sort of show people what what he was all about and to help us remember him. And so some of my favorite memories of Kobe Bryant, oh my gosh, there's a lot of them. Um, but one I can, one thing that I always loved about his game was like when he would go baseline – and he would somehow find a way to like throw down like a reverse one handed windmill dunk. Like there's so many of those in his highlight reel. It's unbelievable. Like he just would get past his defender, go all the way along the baseline. And then they're just not expecting him to jump and try to and throw down a dunk from there. Because I think if you jump high enough, you're going to hit your head on the backboard. Um, but I just, those were always like super satisfying dunks because they, they always came out of nowhere in a game. Um, but it also is just a, a token to his creativity with the basketball. Like, that one play where um, the other team had scored and whoever was throwing the ball in just threw it to Kobe down the court like a football pass he caught it I don't even think he dribbled he caught it and he the, the defender was right in his way he goes behind his back takes exactly two steps goes off his left foot and does a 180 one hand slam just like he just thought of that in the spur of the moment it wasn't planned at all but he made it work um, and that's actually one of my one of the things that I live by is Make it work. Um, you know things are always going to go wrong. Something's always going to get in your way, but you have to find a way to get through it. And that was just like one of those things that I loved about his game. he he's a problem solver on the court, and he would do it instantaneously. Somebody would present him with a problem, he'd solve it right away, or on the next play and get back to winning. Um, <clears throat> and then the other one, other memory that I like of his is when Matt Barnes goes to fake throw the basketball on his face, and Kobe doesn't even flinch because he's just like in that zone where he's like, I'm trying to kill you. You know, I don't, I don't even care what you're going to do right now. I'm, I'm focusing on you. And that was just cold blooded in my opinion. But overall, you know, my favorite thing about Kobe is just his love for the game, how much passion he put into playing the game of basketball and his work ethic. I think that's one thing that he's instilled in me um, over the years is that if you just work, work, work at something, just keep practicing you know, you're, you're just automatically going to get better. So if there's ever something that you want to know how to do, if you just practice it, you're going to get better. And you know, that's just that Mamba mentality, like finding a way to, to be the best at that thing that you love to do. And I keep saying that a lot in this episode, but that's pretty much what he was all about. Um, so beyond the memories of Kobe, I obviously still have a lot of, (laughs) a lot of things that I've bought that are like Kobe related over the years that I will always, know have there like I did buy his his Mamba Mentality book basically took a picture book I read it in one night and I never read books you know it's just not something I do but this is like a a photographic story of Kobe's career of this there's this photo photographer that kind of followed him around or he's with the media and followed the Lakers around a lot followed the Bulls around too when MJ was there and this book is actually really cool it kind of shows you into every phase of his career And this is like one of the first productions that he made, uh, you know, when he went into retirement or before he went into retirement. Um, And that was sort of like a foreshadow of more to come because he ended up writing more books or helping, you know, co-write a bunch of children's books. And then also Dear Basketball, which won the Oscar. So I have that book. I've got like so many gifts I've received from friends and family over the years. Like my friend Jacob gave me this Kobe Bryant themed action figure where he's... (laughs) He has like a cape and stuff, and he apparently throws things. Um, I haven't opened it; I haven't pulled it out of the package. The thing's gonna be worth some money one day, probably. <laughs> uh, my most recent purchase was actually a—it's uh, basically a Lego set, but the the theme of it is that it's a a book, like a a, a Kobe book. You open up the book, and there are forty eight different Lego figurines, and each figurine has a different jersey on. And that jersey is sort of like a key point in his career. So like, you know, the season he won the MVP, there's like a jersey for that. The game where he had 81 points, there's a jersey for that. So it's like him wearing the white, the, you know, the Sunday whites. And so that's my my recent purchase. But one of my favorite things I've I've got of Kobe memorabilia is not really memorabilia, but I bought a pair of Kobe fours back in the day. Let's see, what year was that? probably around 2010. I think it was around 2010. I was like a sophomore in college. I was playing a lot of pickup ball at the rec center at the university of Idaho. And I bought these Kobe fours. They were like, you know, 200 bucks. I really shouldn't have spent that money on those shoes. And these shoes actually gave me the worst shin splints of my life. I'd never had that pain before. I've never felt what shin splints were but I knew that's exactly what was happening. And it's because my feet were just trying to adjust to these shoes. I'm like, great, these shoes suck. I'm never never going to wear these again. But I just kind of powered through it. And those shoes ended up being like the best shoes I've ever owned in my life. Like the most comfortable. I have some of my best playing moments in those shoes. And I still have them to this day. They're, you know, in a duffel bag, retired in a a duffel bag bag downstairs. Um, And it kind of has me thinking like, you know, there are a lot of people who, like will retire things and use them as like a, a decorative centerpiece or something like that. Like, for example, I'm in a bowling league and I have friends who like they're really good at bowling. Like they've bowled several 300s in their lifetime. And they're like a little bit older than me, like five years older than me. But basically whenever they get a new bowling ball, they retire one of their old ones that they've thrown perfect games with. And this one guy has like a like a bar like the front of a bar that he had built in his basement and it, it features bowling balls on, on bowling racks and it has like marks in them of how many 300s he bowled with that ball. And so I thought about doing something like that with my retired awesome shoes and those Kobe's would be on the top of the shelf for sure. I mean, I've got a pair of Jordans and um, another pair of Kobe's here and a pair of Kobe's there. Um, you know, I'm, I'd have to play a lot more basketball to fill up a wall like that, but um. Yes. Anyways, some of the best shoes I've ever owned, and you know, as you, I don't know if you know this, if you're a basketball fan, you probably do. But ever since Kobe retired, he's been doing a, um, you know, obviously this is going to continue on under Nike's control, I would imagine. But they've they have been re-releasing all of his old shoes and and sort of like reimagined with new technology and new design, but you know, pulling inspiration from the old design and what that meant. It's actually really really smart in my opinion. And so they came out with those, the new Kobe fours, the pro tro fours. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, got to get my hands on those. They're 175 bucks. And I just haven't pulled the trigger on it yet, but I also don't play enough indoor basketball. And those are the type of shoes I will only ever wear wear indoors, never outdoors. Um, but yeah, so anyways, with Kobe's passing, been looking up a lot of different memories of, of you know, things that have impacted me with him and just kind of really self-evaluating. And, you know, the, the second half of 2019 and some bits of 2020 were not very nice to me. And I think 2020 has been kind of pretty difficult for a lot of people, especially with this coronavirus going on. And so with Kobe's passing, I've been doing a lot of evaluating of myself, of myself to see if there are things I can do better or be better about. Like, what things can I better in my life by putting the Mamba mentality to work? Um, and that's – it's really just – being consistent and having good habits um, is really, really kind of where it's at for me. You know, wanting to save money, I needed to buy a new car, um, kind of reconsolidating some some debts and and just kind of getting my life back on track a little bit. And you know, just by being consistent and saving some money, I was able to go buy a new car. I got some some debts consolidated, saving a lot of money. Going to be going on a trip to Europe in 2020. Hopefully this coronavirus doesn't affect it again. I've already had to rebook all the stuff one time with my friend Jacob. So hoping that that doesn't happen. But, you know, I think it's kind of the type of impact that Kobe's had on me really made me sort of rethink what I'm doing with my life. And if there's things I can be better at, why not do it? And I I challenge you to maybe think about some of those things as well. Like, is there a part of your life that you feel like you can be better at? Or um, is there something you've always wanted to do but you – just never tried, I I definitely encourage you to just try and practice it and, and make a schedule of it, make it a part of your routine. And you're just naturally going to get better at it. And you know, once you move on from that thing, find something else. It's always good to be passionate about something and, and pursue something that's bigger than yourself. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for episode one of Underdog Mentality. I'm Kyle Clay Richards, and thanks for taking a minute to listen. I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to follow and or subscribe to Abstract Sports on your favorite social outlets for information regarding future episodes. We are mostly active on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for our handle, at Abstract Sports. This podcast is also available on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and more. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram Just look for at kyleclay.com spelled out. If you have a topic suggestion, you can head over to bsb2l.info slash underdog mentality. That's bsb2l as in bring sports back to life. There's a form on that page. You can fill that out. We might turn your suggestion into a full episode if it's good enough, or we'll use it as a segment on an episode. Just know that if we don't use your suggestion, don't be offended. It's nothing personal. I promise Just uh, also be sure to continue practicing those social distancing rules. Be safe. Wash your hands. You know the drill. I'll be publishing new episodes every other Monday for now, but that is subject to change. So I hope you're able to check out episode two when the time comes. Until then, stay positive and be happy. I'll catch you later.